Well, while you're getting your donuts, we'll go ahead and get started. If you can make your way to your seats when you get your donut and coffee or whatever you want there. In the continuation of Father's Day and Father's Day and dad jokes, I am wearing my dad joke socks. Yeah. It says, want to talk about Jesus? And then, of course, what follows that? Let us pray, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Some of you are just jealous because you can't have uh, humor like dad jokes like us dads, right, Jay? That's right. We have dry, funny dad joke humor. All right, one other thing that I want to say uh, before we get started is, Miss Tanya, I have to ask you a question. Did you really look at the video and say, who is that? <laughs> her daughter's up there talking about her father, and, and I see Miss Tanya look and go, who is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other thing before I get started, Jay, I just have to say, when you said, are you tired, are you tired of hearing me talking, how come it's that I heard Ethan and Doreen yell the loudest? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we're going to continue on a series of sermons that we started last week called The Fruit of, uh, the, fruit of the Spirit, uh, A Summer of Fruit. And we're going through each one of the fruit of the spirits, fruit of the spirits, fruit of the spirit is one spirit. Um, and last week we talked about love and how love is uh, the important part and how love is the basis of all of these fruit of the Spirit. Today, appropriately speaking, it falls to joy. Uh, joy on Father's Day, joy on dad jokes, uh, joy in all of those things. I know all of the moms and all the daughters and all of the sons are going, oh my goodness, not more dad jokes, right? No, that's okay. Joy is an interesting thing, and it's something that we have to understand what it is. We often get mistaken between joy and happiness, and you know there's a big difference between the two. There is actually a huge difference between joy and happiness, and we'll get into that as we get further on into the sermon, but just being happy doesn't make you joyful, and being joyful doesn't make you happy. There's a difference there. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke Chapter 2, verse 10. Now, why am I bringing up the Christmas? You know, I, it was funny. Jeremy uh, walked in today and he said, it's snowing outside. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean it's snowing outside, Jeremy? And he's like, you're here before me. That means something happened, that something froze over, and that's why it's snowing outside. And so I said, I know, I made it here before you. But So in, in light of uh, Jeremy making this a Christmas day because it's snowing outside, I'll fall to the Christmas story in Scripture. No, I'm kidding. Um, there's an awesome thing that happens, though, and, and in the Christmas story, and I want to just briefly talk about a few verses from that today, and then we'll jump into other verses about joy. But let's start with Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angels themselves were bringing a message to Mary about the coming birth of Jesus. And in the very foundation of who Jesus was going to be, we find that the angels proclaimed that there was going to be great joy. 
not just a little amount of joy, not just a little bit of happiness, not just a little smile on their face, but it was going to be great joy, the angel said. And in fact, the angel starts this message with fear not. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a child of God. No, I'm sorry. It says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that for all the people. If we jump over to Luke chapter 1, verse 44, this is actually even before, the, before Jesus was born. We see that Jesus is bringing joy to the people even before he's born. In the womb, it says... For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Mary is visiting Elizabeth and John is inside of her womb and when she hears and, and, and experiences Jesus next to them, John, according to Mary, leaped for, or according to Elizabeth, I'm sorry, leaped for joy. Jesus, even before he was born, was bringing joy to people. It was bringing joy to Elizabeth. It was bringing joy to the not-yet-born John. If we move on and we look at Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says, In the same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus is praying to his Father, and he's thanking him for what he has hidden, but this joy, this rejoicing that's inside of him. And he says, in the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Jesus was rejoicing in all aspects of his ministry. It doesn't take very long as you read through Scripture, you can find Point after point after point after point, story after story after story, where Jesus was bringing joy to all people or had joy in himself. Let's read another verse here. The next verse is John fifteen eleven. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Here he is, John, speaking of Jesus and speaking of of these things, and John is writing these things and saying, these things I have spoken to you, Jesus is writing, I'm sorry, Jesus is speaking these words, and John is writing these words, but Jesus is saying, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus was wanting his joy to be complete in the people around him, and he's wanting the joy to be in his disciples, and he's asking his disciples not to just keep a hold of that joy, but to pass it on to those around him. We read another verse, John 16, verse 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus not only wants to have people be in joy and have joy inside of them, but he wants them to ask and receive so that they can have joy inside of them. Jesus is wanting us to be joyful and he's bringing his joy to us. Let's move on. Philippians 2, verse 1 through 4 says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count your others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
I want to jump back just for a moment. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Paul's writing this to the Philippians and he's writing this message to them and he's saying to them, complete my joy. Let my joy be complete. How do you do that? How does he, how is he, how can he be joyful? And he's asking us as, or he's asking the Philippians at this time to receive this and, and be like-minded and, and be in unity together and love each other and, and, and encourage each other and, and live with each other and, and, and just live in unity of the Christ who is in them. And he says, by doing this will complete my joy. But here's the problem. Do you know where Paul is writing this letter from? Anyone have any idea where he wrote Philippians from? Jail. Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians bound in chains in jail. And yet he can still say to the Philippians, complete my joy. Wait a minute, Paul. I think you have a mistake. Uh, you, You just don't understand. What were you drinking and or how hard have they beat you in that jail there's no way that you can be joyful when you're in jail you're chained up you have these chains and these shackles on you and you're in this jail but Paul is still saying complete my joy see the reality of it is that we don't understand what joy really is we have a complete understanding of what happiness is but we we fail miserably when we talk about what joy actually is. So today what I want to do is I want to dive into this message of joy, find out what joy actually is, and then see how we can build more joy inside of us, how we can live upon the life that Christ has given us and be joyful. So will you pray with me, please? And let's ask the Lord to be with us. Heavenly Father, you you promise us where two or more are gathered, you are there. And so we know your presence is here among us, Lord, and we ask you that your Holy Spirit and your power would just resonate through us and that we can have complete joy in our lives today, Father. Lord, I thank you for all the fathers, whether they are born naturally, whether they are stepfathers, whether they are adopted fathers, whether they were fathers that unfortunately lost a loved one, lost a child, Father. We lift them up to you today, Father, and we ask that your joy may be complete inside of every father and every person that's here today. Lord, we ask you that you would help us to understand just how wonderful you are and how great the message of joy that you bring to us is. Father, from the very beginning, you had joy inside of you. You caused John the Baptist to jump for joy in the womb. You caused others to have joy. The angels resounded that this would be a great message of joy for all people. Jesus, you are joy. You are what it means to be joyful. And we thank you, Father, for that. We just ask you that you would help us today to learn to be joyful. Learn to have joy inside of us and to live closer to you. Help us to do all things that you call us to do. Lord, I pray that today my words would not be my own, that they could be clear and concise from you today. That I could speak what you would be speaking to us and share what we need to hear today. Help us to unpack these verses today. Help us to understand the message that you have for us. Make it clear. Remove any stumbling blocks or anything that would keep us from hearing the message from you today. We love you, Lord. 
We honor you today, Father, and we glorify you in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. So my question is, is Jesus is full of joy, and he's brought joy from every step of the way of his life, then why does it seem, more often than not, not always, but more often than not, that Christians are some of the most upset and disappointing people that you've ever met? You know, it's often, I laugh because I, you know, I watch when people come into church, and I watch not only here, but other churches, and I watch uh, different people who say they are Christians, and sometimes they just like, like, well, quite honestly, they look like they have a bear plug. Many of you don't know what I'm talking about right now, but there's something that a bear does before it hibernates. It goes out and it eats lots of sticks and stones and pine cones, so it doesn't have to do something while it's hibernating. So that means it has something that stops it from producing byproduct, if you understand what I'm saying now. Many Christians have this look on their face like they're like, well, quite honestly, they have a bear plug and it needs to be removed. And what I want to say to you is that we often look at this and we, we as Christians should be the ones that should be the most joyful. We should, as Christians, be the one to understand all of these things. That whole bear plug thing was missed on almost all of you. There was a very, I, I saw Becky over here. She was laughing. There's a few others there that understood what I, where I was going with that. The rest of you were like, I don't know where he's going with this, but that's okay. But we as Christians need to learn to be joyful, bless you. We as Christians need to, be, uh, need to be the most joyful people ever. We should be the ones that exhibit all joy to all people. Why? Because we know better than anyone else what we live and what we stand for. The issue with this is that too often we judge joy and happiness as the same thing. Happiness is an outward expression of activities that affect you. Happiness is when someone does something really nice to you. I was really happy when my wife brought in donuts today and I found out that they were from Deluxe. And there was chocolate cream sticks. That happens to be my favorite donut from Deluxe. That makes me really happy. Does it make me joyful? No, because I know by eating too many donuts, I'm going to have to work a little harder on the treadmill or exercising to burn off those calories. But of course, on Father's Day, calories don't count, right? Amen? Amen. All right. Come on, man. Amen? Amen. There you go. Thank you. Happiness is something that we, the world, is very well versed in. Happiness is something that everyone can receive. You can be happy because someone does something nice to you. You can be happy because something good happens to you. You can be happy because all of these things. But happiness is just, it's, it's very surface level. Happiness is very just based on activities, it's based on emotions, it's based on all of these things that you feel today. You can be happy because you feel like being happy. Joy is something completely different. Joy is an internal condition that is not based on external circumstances. That means you can have the worst week ever, you can have the worst whatever that's going on, and you can still be joyful. It is why Paul, in jail, can write to the Philippians and say, make my joy complete. Why? Because he is in jail and he's not worried about the circumstances around him. That doesn't affect his joy. The circumstances around him may make him not so happy, but it doesn't affect his joy. He can be joyful and still be in jail. 
You can be joyful and still have to work overtime. You can be joyful and have everything in your house breaking down. You can be joyful and still have someone being very angry at you. You can be joyful in all of those things because joy is an internal condition that is not based on what's happening to you. The world around us today wants to make joy and happiness the same thing. The world around us says that you can only be happy if someone's doing what you want, want them to do towards you. We base, the world around us bases happiness on how well you treat someone else. There's nowhere in scripture that says that life isn't going to be difficult. In fact, Jesus promises the disciples that they're going to be persecuted. Jesus promises us that our life is going to be difficult because of our beliefs and our faith. If you're here today and you're following Jesus, there is no promise that you're just going to live this happy life, this happy-go-lucky life, and you're going to walk the streets of gold, and roses are going to fall, and everything's going to be perfect because Jesus is by your side. That's the biggest mistake we make as Christians, is that we go around and we tell people, all you need is Christ and everything will be wonderful. No, it's not. Can you be joyful even though everything's not wonderful? Absolutely you can. This week, you know, camp started this week, and many of you know this, but my wife and I volunteer and do a lot of work here at camp. Uh, We love this camp. We love seeing kids give their life to Christ. We love seeing all of these things that go on, and it's just an amazing situation, and it's an amazing opportunity to be here. But I got to tell you, the very honest uh, truth today is that this week was terrible for me at camp. Everything that could happen with a boat happened this week. My week started this, my week at camp started this week on Monday as I showed up to the dock at the marina and one of our boats is sitting like this, the whole back end of the boat was underwater. <laughs> That's not fun. Spent hours, yeah, it wasn't my fault this time though. <laughs> Spent hours bailing water out, bucket by bucket by bucket until we could get enough water out that we could get a bilge pump working and get the pump pumping the water out of the water or out of the boat. Every day we had at least one boat break down. Every day leading up to Friday. Friday was the only day we did not have a boat breakdown. We have five boats here at Camp Carl and three of them are now in the shop being fixed. So needless to say, this week was very difficult and, and Thursday came around and I'm sitting here and someone's telling me another boat is broken down and I just started laughing. And one of the lifeguards looks at me and she says, how can you laugh at a moment like this? And I said, how can you not laugh at a moment like this? And she's like, but you, you're, you seem happy. And I said, no, I'm joyful. I'm not happy. I'm joyful. There's a difference. And she goes, well, how can you smile when all of these things happen this week? And I said, I can smile because Jesus is still Lord and Savior. He's still on the throne. And whatever the devil's doing to attack me this week on these boats, he's going to have to pay a price eventually, whether it's here at this camp or another time. And, and souls will still be saved. And I can, I can rejoice in that fact. Now, was I perfect? No. You can ask my wife, and my wife will tell you that I had some times this week when I just went home, and I'm like, okay, I just need to pull my hair out. I'm done. I I can't do this anymore. And I did. Yeah, look. The good thing about having hair this short, Heath, is that you can't pull it out. So it's real hard. Well, you can, but it's real hard. So joy is not based on these outward expressions. 
The world around you wants you to be happy. And so they say, go do what makes you happy. Go do what makes others happy. Make people happy. Well, sometimes making people happy is not the right thing that you need to do. Let me say this again. If your child does something wrong, the thing that would make them happy is for you to say, oh, it's okay, honey. It's all right. We forgive you that you wrecked the car. We forgive you. Sorry, is that too early, Jeremy? Uh, (laughs) They didn't hear But when our children do something, sometimes the best loving thing that we can do to them is to punish them. (gasps) There is a verse in the Bible that says, spare the rod and spoil the child, right? Lord forbid you spank your children today. You might get called children's services on you and they might come and take your child away because you are actually trying to punish them for something they did to teach them how to be a better person, a better character, not a bad person. The world around us says that we should always be happy. Do you know that today depression and mental illnesses are at an all-time high today? All around us there are people who are taking medication all around us. And listen, I'm not, I'm not against taking medication. If it helps you, God provided you with that medication to make you, uh, to make you better, then you need to take it. That's a God-given gift to that. A doctor poured that into them. But there's an issue that's going on here today, and that is that we are seeking happiness instead of seeking joy, and there's a big difference. The world around us is seeking something to make us happy, and so they're looking for pills, and they're looking for all of these things to make them happy. Oh, by the way, not only are people in a greater sense of depression and other mental illnesses, but guess what is also aligned with that? Addictions. We just heard that this past year during COVID, more alcohol was sold in stores than ever before. Why? Because people needed wine with the wine, I guess. No, what, honestly, what did people do? They need to cope. When you need to cope with something, too often the very first thing that, that, that happens is I need something to help me cope. And so therefore I'm going to go drink myself into an ability to cope with my issue. I'm going to smoke something to help me cope into an issue. Or I'm going to eat something to help me cope into an issue. Those are usually the ways that happen. No, no one said anything about M&M's being sold at an all-time high this, <laughs> this past year, but I'm sure they were too, because I contributed to most of that. Um, yeah, everyone else in the church did, you're right, that bought me those M&M's. I'm like, whoa, I still got some left over, so please, I'm okay right now, right? The truth of the matter is, is we're trying to medicate ourselves into happiness. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, whether it's over-the-counter, whether it's food, whether it's some other type of belief, we are in a culture today that is trying to medicate ourselves into being happy, and it's impossible to always be happy. Listen, I'm sorry to burst your bubble today, but you're going to have times when you're just not going to be happy, and that's okay. And no, I didn't do the sermon for you guys. Just want to let you know, Corey, okay? This was planned way before this past week. Just want to let you know. And anyone else is thinking that too. I didn't do this sermon specifically for you. Listen, we all have issues. We all have things that are going on in our life that are not going to be good. 
that we're going to struggle with, that we're going to struggle through. But that doesn't change your foundation if your foundation is built upon joy. The difference between this is that Jesus didn't tell us to be happy. He told us to be joyful. Jesus didn't bring us to be happy. He brought us to be joyful. He brought joy into our lives. He didn't bring happiness into our lives. There's a big difference here, and we need to understand that. James chapter... James chapter 1 it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that testing of your faith produced steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Thanks, James. Wait a minute. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You know, it wasn't too long ago when we were actually doing this sermon series on James, and I talked about this, so I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time here. But James is also telling us, you can count it all joy when you meet trials, when you meet tribulations. I read a story this past week of a young lady in Africa. She was born into a Muslim family. She was forced to go to church and pray and do all of the things that Muslims did. She unfortunately, or fortunately, she was blessed, I should say, had a dream And the dream was about following Christ. And she couldn't get this out of her mind. And everywhere she went, she was a little over 17 years old. And God gave her this dream about following Christ. And she was so affected by this dream that she started asking people in her town who Jesus was. And no one in her town, she lived in a predominantly Muslim town, and no one in their town would answer her these questions. And so she started looking and started asking And she started seeking to find who Jesus was. She eventually found someone in a neighboring town that came and and spoke to her about Christ. And she gave her life to Christ because this dream was so powerful to her. Upon arriving home, she was so joyful. She was full of joy about the decision she had made and the Savior she had just met that she began to share with everyone in her town who she had just met. And she's sharing this wonderful story problem is her father was not happy because her father was Muslim. He came home one day and grabbed his daughter and took his daughter into the middle of the town square, proceeded to put her in the middle of the town, tying her hands, tying her feet and begin to ask her to renounce her faith in Jesus Christ. She denied that fact, and she, or she denied that she would renounce Jesus. She said, I cannot denounce something that is so alive inside of me, that's made me so happy, that's made me so joyful. I can stand amongst you and, and proclaim how wonderful my life is. Unfortunately, what happened is during that time, her father decided that if she would not renounce her faith, that she was going to die. There in the town square, she began to sing songs of joy 
songs that she was taught as she was speaking to this person, this Christian in a neighboring town, and she began to sing how happy she was. And her father came over and said, you know I'm going to have to kill you for your faith because we don't believe in these things and I cannot have a daughter who would live in this way. And she said, quote, Father, it would be my greatest joy for me to die for my Savior. He said, well, at least let me put a bag over your head so that I do not have to look at you in your eyes when I alone will pull the trigger. And she said, no, I want everyone to see me smiling from ear to ear because I'm going to meet Jesus. Sadly, that day she lost her life by the hands of her own father. But it is said that many people in that town left that town and seeked out the missionary who was spe- she was speaking to at a town closer to her. And it's said that over 45 to uh, 55 people actually gave their life to Jesus. Muslims gave their life to Jesus Christ because they saw the joy in her eyes even as her father pulled the trigger to kill her. When James talks about trials and various kinds, I can't help but think that James was thinking of this. See, we often relate trials and tribulations as, oh, someone made fun of you because of your faith. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Sorry that someone made fun of your faith, but there's people in other countries that are losing their life over their faith right now. So if someone said something to you, Get over it. (laughs) Your joy is in Jesus, it's not in other people. So who cares if they make fun of your faith? Who cares if they say something against you? It doesn't make a difference. Our faith, our joy is based in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's not in anything else. That is why that young lady, this is why James, this is why Paul, this is why Jesus tells us to be joyful. He doesn't tell us to find happiness, he tells us to find joy. Jesus wants to complete the joy in us. Why should we be so joyful? We should be so joyful because Jesus died on the cross for us. Listen, as much as we may love this place that we're in today, as much as we might love what's going on around in the world around us, we are just visitors here for a very short time. This is not our home. We are aliens in a land where we don't belong. Where we belong is with Jesus Christ. The world around us is trying to find happiness in everything else. And what Jesus is saying, don't find happiness, find joy in me. Because I will completely complete your joy and give you the opportunity to be happy. To give you the opportunity to have a smile on your face even when you're looking down the barrel of a gun that is about ready to kill you. Even when you face trials and tribulations, you can still be happy. Even when you're in jail and you're shackled and you're writing a letter to the people around you, you can still be joyful because your joy is not based on these circumstances. Your joy is not based on feelings. It's based on Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Today we must learn what it means to be joyful. Today we must learn to understand that joy is not based on these feelings. We have to go counterculture like never before today. We need men and ladies who are going to face the world around us and say, listen, it's okay to be upset. 
It's okay to have a bad day. You're not always going to be happy. Things aren't always going to work out the way that they're supposed to work. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, this is just a very small portion of your life. This is just a very small portion of where and what God is going to do in your life. And so therefore, if it's not working out today, still be joyful. You can still smile. Because your joy is not based in the situation around you. Your joy is based in long-term, eternal factor of Jesus Christ. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, Then he said to him, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah is speaking to the people because what the people are about ready to do is they're about ready to rebuild the wall. Ezra and Nehemiah have started to reignite the people, the Israelites, and he's saying to them, we must go and do what the Lord has called us to do. For too long, the people were straying from God and they were looking for happiness. The Israelite people, God's own... own uh, let me try that again. God's only chosen people are going and they're, they're, they're straying away from him. They're trying to find happiness in other things. And Ezra begins to go there and and Ezra begins to preach and Nehemiah begins to preach and they they have this gathering of people that come around and he says to them, the very first thing that he says to them is, you must repent. And the whole entire city repents. In fact, it's quoted in scripture that the whole entire city laid on their faces and wailed for hours over their sin. Nehemiah then comes and says, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine. Let me tell you something. What he's saying here is that, I'm going to make you all hungry now, sorry, but you know when you smoke or you barbecue a good meat, not, not smoke this way, but smoke in a <laughs> smoker, just want to make sure you understand that your pastor's not up here telling you to go smoke, right? So, you know what makes a good cut of meat? is a good balance between the meat and the fat. If there's a good balance between those two, what happens is that in, in the right cooking process, in the right way of cooking it, that fat kind of just starts to melt and it, it works into the meat. And, and oh my goodness, now I'm going to be hungry. You're going to hear my stomach. There's just so much flavor in that. And what, what Nehemiah is saying to the people, he says, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this, is the, this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What he's saying is that you can face the grievousness. They're, they're grieving over their sins, which is a good thing. Do you understand what Nehemiah is saying here? Nehemiah is waking them up from this mourning process. He's bringing them up and he's saying, it's good to grieve over your sins, but what he's saying now is that get up and let's move forward and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. See, when we face situations that we face today in the world around us, when we have bad situations, when we have bills that come in that are unexpected, when we have medical things that are told to us that are sad and that are disappointing and that we have to fight through, and when we have bad situations that face us, it's okay. 
You know why? Because our life is not based in any of that. Our life and our joy is based in the strength of the Lord. He will give you that strength. He will build you up. He will, you can reside in that place where the Lord is inside of you. You can reside there and let that joy just bubble forth. And you can actually go through situations much easier. Listen, it's much easier when you are based in the Lord to go through bad things in your life. Why? Because you know this is not the end. The world around us suffers through these events. The world around us suffers through all of these things. They don't have an answer for what's going on. Why? Because they think this is it. This is everything. This is not everything. Even if we are persecuted, even if we are persecuted for our faith, we can still have joy. Why? Because we are... Listen, I used to say all the time, not what he said, but... I used to say all the time, let... Let the persecution come. Do I want to face it? Absolutely not. I don't want to face it. Who wants to be persecuted? Are you nuts? No one does. But if it does, it means nothing to me. Kill me. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. Someone really wants to do something great to me, the best thing that you can do is kill me. (laughs) Why? Because I get to go home and be with the Lord. My wife's looking at me going, you better not happen, right? (laughs) To be with the Lord is such an awesome thing, but to be persecuted for our faith is even is as great as that. Why? Because we can prove that God is really at our hearts. He's really at the core of who we are. Joy is much deeper than happiness. We must stop looking for our answers in happiness. Joy comes from the Lord and brings strength and courage to face the things we have to face in this very moment today. Joy is what's going to help you get through those times. Joy is what's going to help you get through the low times of your life. You can still be joyful and be out of money. You can still be joyful and have every boat that you have break down at a camp where 500 kids want to go tubing and you have to tell them, sorry, uh, you get to go on a boat ride instead. Uh, Have fun. Joy can even be found when the doctors come in and say, we have some bad news to tell you. It's not a happy time, but you can have joy. This is a difficult thing to grasp. I understand that because the world around us is speaking in terms of happiness and we're speaking in terms of joy. But if you're truly here today and you're called to be Christ-like, if you're called to be a Christian, if you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, meaning you have accepted him and what he's done on the cross for you, if you've made that decision, then you shouldn't base your happiness. That shouldn't be the end goal for you to be happy. The end goal should be for you to be joyful in all things, to rejoice with Jesus, to rejoice with him, It is why Paul can rejoice in jail. It is why John can rejoice in the times and the suffering that he had. Paul and John and Peter and all of the disciples, you go down the line, they're all being beaten for their faith. They're all, save John, who has been outcast onto an island, lost their lives for their faith. They're persecuted and eventually killed for their faith. And yet, they talk about joy more than anything else. Sometimes I wonder, Paul, but most of uh, Paul sometimes has these letters where he's asking questions and those types of things, which is great. 
But if you read your if you read your scriptures and you read the New Testament, you won't find it. You won't find Paul, Peter, John, any of these guys that go, or Luke, or Timothy, or any of these guys go. Woe is me! I have no money. The tent selling business went through the roof or went through the cellar because of COVID. No one's coming in to buy tents and no one's giving money and no one's doing this, no one's doing that. Whoa, woe is me. No, they say nothing of that. In fact, instead, they talk about the joy that they have. And their joy is being made complete by having their lives lived out in others. That's why Paul talks to the Philippians. May I encourage you today. Don't be happy. Be joyful. I love Bobby McFerrin and I love, that, I love that song. Don't worry. Be happy. I wish he would change that tune and say, don't worry. Be joyful. Amy starts jumping into the Sunday school songs. Yep, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, right? Where? Thank you. Where? <laughs> I'm going to ask the worship team to come and will you stand with me, please? May I remind you today, as the worship team's coming up and we're going to begin to sing this worship song, may I remind you today that your joy is not based on situations around you today. If you go home and you don't get the Father's Day gift that you want, that's okay. Your joy is not based on that. If you go home and tomorrow a bill comes in that's more than what you have in your bank account, it's okay. Your joy wasn't built in money, it was built in Jesus Christ. Your joy is in Jesus who is eternal forever and ever and ever. Your joy is not based on circumstances that are going to come and are going to be fleeting. In fact, let me ask you this question today. Can you remember the gift that you got last Father's Day? Can you remember the gift that you just got on Christmas from someone? Most of the time we say, you remember one or two of them, but you don't remember all of them. It's a perfect example that you're joy- you may have been really joyful when you received that gift, and that's awesome. But it's not your life. It's not everything. I said at the beginning of the service that we need to be counterculture. I'm really concerned for the culture we live in today. I'm concerned about the rising rates of addictions. I'm concerned about the rising rates of depression and mental illness and all of those things around there because there is something going on in our world today. And the thing that's going on right now is that the world around us is looking for happiness and things that they'll never find happiness in. They're looking to medicate their happiness. They're looking to to receive this happiness from something that they should only receive the happiness from Jesus. But we as individuals, as Christians, as people who are Christ-like, need to be the ones who stand up and say, listen, we have what you can be joyful about. Come and see. 
Come and taste what is good, Scripture says. Come and receive what's going to change your life forever. You know, I asked a question one time, what would make you really happy to some people? And the majority of the answer I got was money or winning the lottery. Do you know that the latest reports that I read, and this was a year ago, that 85% of people that win over $100,000 are bankrupt within five years. 80 And I'm not just talking about, I'm talking $100,000 and above, so I'm talking millions and millions. In fact, there was a story of someone that won, uh, like, I think it was $125 million, and within five years they had spent it. Most of it, unfortunately, on drugs. Ended up killing themselves because they bought so so many drugs, had parties, gave money away. Money is not... Money does not make you happy. Jesus makes us joyful. And that's much better. May I encourage you today, on this Father's Day, to find the joy that, that can overcome anything that this world throws at us. Let's not be happy. Let's be joyful instead. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for this day. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you. Lord, we are here today. Each and every one of us is going through some type of circumstance. Each and every one of us in this place has a way of saying, Lord, I'm just not happy because of the world around me and what's going on in all of these situations. But Lord, may we see through those things and see the joy instead. May we not be based in happiness, but may we be based in the joy that comes only from you that guarantees us an eternal life in heaven if we give our life to you and we ask you to come into our hearts, come into our life as we ask you for our forgiveness and seek your salvation that can only come from you. That is the basis of our joy. And as Nehemiah said, let the joy of the Lord be our strength. So Lord, today, whether there, whether we are here today in this room worshiping you or we're at home watching online, may we understand that our joy does not come from circumstances around us. It comes from you. And so may we be found to be strong and found to be secure in the joy that only comes from you. And through that, we will have the strength to overcome the circumstances and the things that we face today. Lord, we need it so much today. This world around us needs it so much today. Help us today to be not only receivers of that joy in our own heart, but also disciple makers that share the joy of the Lord with others around us that brings those people out of finding that happiness and bringing them into that joy. Lord, may it be so. May we go out from this place and bring joy to the people around us because we're bringing you to them. glorify you today father we honor you we praise you we ask you to forgive us for seeking to be happy and we ask to help us be joyful in all things we love you lord we glorify you today and we honor you now in jesus name amen and amen let's worship together
my child of God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you just for how wonderful you are. And how we can have the ability and the power that comes from you to walk through whatever this world gives to us. Because we are not slaves to fear. We're not slaves to this world. We are blessed to be children of God. And so, Lord, I pray for all of those that are in this room that are watching online at home. May today they understand what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be filled with the joy of the Lord so that it can be your strength, so that we can have this fruit of the Spirit called joy. Lord, may it resound inside of us. May we walk out of this place with a smile upon our face, no matter what is what we are facing, no matter what circumstances we're going through, because you and you alone, Lord, are the source of our joy. Father, today I pray for those that are in this room, that are watching online, that are seeking answers, that are seeking solutions. Lord, I pray that you just make yourself known to them. Make your joy known to them. Make your decisions and your wisdom and your strength known to them today, Father. As they walk out their faith in you. We love you, Lord. We glorify you, Father. We praise you because you deserve that and so much more. We give you the glory for all things, including our fathers today, which we bless them on this day, Father. We praise you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful week. Happy Father's Day. Have a great day. We'll see you again next week.